your friends were watching Wayne's World, what were you watching? Not all friends, just some of the friends, the ones that I questioned that why do I have them as friends? Here, and here I am talking about Wayne's World. Like I'm, I questioned that friendship. <laughs> I didn't like those people. <laughs> no. like I didn't like them. They were just awkward and weird. They were also the ones that watched Dumb and Dumber. So good. They watched... Um, <laughs> Um, what's the other one? A lot of Will Ferrell movies they watch because I'm not a big Will Ferrell <laughs> fan because he's just not that funny to me. All right, welcome to this episode. Today on this episode, we have Nathan with us, and uh, uh, we might play some of the excerpt from the beginning of this conversation for his introduction. <laughs> oh, gosh. We're just going to start but, it from uh, the very beginning. Yeah. But Nathan uh, is worship pastor here at Calvary and super fun to be around. He's he, What I love is he's real super chill. And then like you get him talking about what he's passionate about. And it's like, all right, I'm about to go off. And it's just so, <laughs> it's just good. He's sitting there shaking his head. He's like, For those no. listening, we just had an eye roll. Yeah, just, there was an eye roll. <laughs> I'll say there was an eye roll. <laughs> there was a massive eye roll. <laughs> the drama's rich in this room. So, oh, gosh. Uh, but we're excited because we've been we've been wanting Nathan to jump in and do this with us a bunch, and so uh, we're hoping that this taste of podcasting gives him um, a love for it, <laughs> to where he wants to hang out with us some more. Um, and so we we just wanted to spend some time getting you guys to get to know him. And uh, us kind of get to know a little bit more of his background and uh, passion for ministry uh, and also just like things that he enjoys about life. And so um, I enjoy life. I enjoy life is good. (laughs) Life is good. Um, So I've actually, Nathan, I've known you now for. Oh, gosh, it's going to make me feel old. No, I'm going to be the old one. I know, but it's still um, going to make me feel old. You technically have seen me and known me since 2012. 2012, yeah. That's so, 10 years you, this year. You came to Nacogdoches as a freshman in college. Yes. We yeah. moved here in technically May of 2012. Yeah, May of 2012. Mm-hmm. Moved here probably like right before graduation, and then we had to go back down for graduation where we Stayed at a friend's house for like a, a three or four days, graduated, and moved back up here. So, so you already sold your house back home? It was a rent house. Oh, it was uh, a rent house. But my dad wasn't there because he, was he already had a job since February, and so he was up here living in an apartment. So like we had to pack the house and move everything with like um, one of my youth pastors at the time and friends of mine that decided to come and help us pack the house. And none of us had ever driven a u-haul except for my dad so they he was the one that drove the u-haul and everything while we followed behind as we moved our entire family from south texas to uh east texas so u-haul's not bad you could have done it mm, now it i would big. say yes like, but back then at like being 18 seven, years old yeah 18 year old nathan going i mean was it just one of the this? box trucks or one of the, like the huge ones? 18 year old nathan was not saved and was scared of a rat <laughs> and a roach and still scared of roaches because i hate them but still like i was because they're nasty uh i just didn't want to deal with it and be responsible for crashing i love how you started it though 18 year old nathan wasn't saved <laughs> yeah he wasn't saved and so he wasn't sure about anything in life he was scared of everything <laughs> we'll talk about that some too because it, I I love that I love that story of how God did a lot of work in your life from youth group like growing up in church because y'all grew up in your church in Brownsville right I, I grew up semi in church I called the way we were I called I think uh, I had a family member that called us 
white picket fence Christians, which means we just came out of our white picket fence like on main holidays, like Easter, Christmas, uh, Mother's Day, not Father's Day, because Dad, of course, wanted to stay home and watch sports. And so, like, sports ball. Yeah. <laughs> and um, just special occasions and whatnot. And then also, we were always, always late. We were always in the sanctuary by like mid sermon. We never were on time. It was the most embarrassing, craziest thing. And we would also always sit in like near the front. I don't know why my mom would always want to go to the front. We made it to service on time, but we were always late for Sunday school. And I always got blamed for it. We didn't go to Sunday school. Well, I take it back. We didn't start going to Sunday school until I was more involved in youth at the time. And yeah. so but yeah, so that's that's the kind of family I grew up with. So like we were in church but we weren't in church until like my junior senior year of high school. You had a relationship with church. Yeah, that's probably yeah. Yeah, it was like yeah. a it was like a Facebook friendship more than it was a. Yeah, I, I guess you could say that. <laughs> I wouldn't even call it a Facebook friendship. At least Facebook friendship. <laughs> you were kind of around. <laughs> yeah, like Facebook friendship. Like at least I scroll and I see stuff, and I'm I'm not like a ghoster on Facebook where I just scroll and don't even like. Like at least I'll show you like I liked something if I did like it. And so I don't think you've liked anything I've posted on Facebook. I don't hardly see you on my Facebook. That's because I, I don't care about Facebook. But. The algorithm cancels well, out Charles. Then it's also weird too because Charles <laughs> has like like a weird Facebook because it's supposed to be Charles and Melina, but the Melina also has her own, so it's also weird. My wife so, won't get rid of her Facebook. So that's why it, also I don't see. Yeah, it's just weird. Your Facebook is weird, Charles. That's true. I mean, you're not wrong. So I can't. Say. I use Facebook for marketplace, and that's really it. I actually see you more comment on stuff on Facebook than I see you post anything. You're always commenting I f- on I feel like stuff. I have to. Like, we had this conversation, I think. If it wasn't for ministry, I wouldn't even have a Facebook account. Like, I wouldn't even. I'm so glad I don't have Facebook. Like, it doesn't. Facebook's the worst. But it doesn't benefit me at all. Mm, I'm like 50-50. But then again, I grew up with a generation, like, with you. Like, it's been around social media. And then, technically, like, I wasn't allowed anything. I also grew up, like, with a household tour. I wasn't allowed to have a YouTube account. I wasn't allowed to have any social media. I wasn't even able to have, like, I know it's going to sound, like, dumb, like, totally, like, uh, first world problems. I wasn't even allowed to have, like, a touchscreen phone or, like, a a, a, a a smartphone, whatever you want to call it nowadays, until, like, I was probably, um, well, because they weren't even smart back then. Those phones were dumb. <laughs> He's not wrong. <laughs> yeah. They were, were dumb touchscreen phones. <laughs> yeah. Like, you had to push it it's, to feel vibration just oh, yeah. to, like, it's a, it's I had a, the LG View, which yeah. was, like, one of the first, yeah. like, total touch screens and that thing was terrible was like you push like, so it was hard haptic and, feedback so like you uh-huh. had to like feel like a vibration or something for it to work and it was just dumb yeah because smartphones today all go by heat yeah yeah yeah. but like this was like you actually had to push into the screen you had to push into the screen and it like it. broke it yeah 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 but that is dumb. <laughs> but like is that like i wasn't able to have like any of that stuff until i turned 18 and so like as soon as like my birthday landed that night i, I went on and like I, I think I had an iPod Touch at the time. Yeah. I wasn't even allowed yeah. to have that, too. I wasn't allowed to even have an iPod Touch until, like, I was 18, too. And so, like, whenever, like, 18 hit, it was like, oh, yay, open the gates and release. And it was, like, terrible because, like, I created an Instagram. I created a Facebook. I created, like, all this stuff, like, crazy because, <laughs> like, they were like, well, you're 18. <laughs> yeah. And so it was just it was just crazy. And so and that's whenever I was, like, I kind of – I like it personally because I have family and friends everywhere that I still – like to talk to you and keep in touch with that I actually do care about. And that sounds terrible. Like I care about everyone, even people that are rears. 
Um, but, but at the same time, like I, I use it to really communicate with them. And like, I just, I have a lot of different connections and communications with people. And so it's just, it's good to have that open window. So you say iPod touch. My first iPod was third generation iPod. Yeah. I tried to get one of those. So I still loud. had the little wheel, mm-hmm. you know, where you had to, you could yeah, scroll using the wheel, so bad. but I had the color screen so I could put videos on it. Ooh. Yeah, so I would get online and I would download music videos from bands, and I'd be like, "I'm the coolest person because I have band music videos." Where did video. you download those videos from? I can't tell. Well, we, I mean, we LimeWire. We use what everybody I else uses. I was used. about to say <laughs> Napster, LimeWire. Lime I used a program called SoulSeek too. That was a SoulSeek was a fun yeah. one, but uh, that's where I got all my. No, I wasn't allowed to have that one. I wanted that one so bad when they were coming out and everything. But you knew of SoulSeek? Uh, no, no, no. I'm talking oh. about your iPod uh, oh, yeah. that you had. Um, but I wasn't allowed that. I think the only thing I was able to actually get was the first kind of any like music player I had was like a Walkman. It was trying to copy. Sure. It was trying to copy Zune mm-hmm. in like the way it mm-hmm. looked, like that little bitty small rectangle mm-hmm. with like the screen and yeah, stuff. Yeah. It was terrible. I think it only had like five gigabytes of memory. It was Man, terrible. I remember going on road trips and I had my Sony Discman, and I would have to. I would before we would go on the road trip, I'd have to go to Walmart and buy like the mega pack of double A batteries because you just burn through batteries so fast on that thing. And I didn't have like, the, you know, it came with those little junky like $2 headphones. And I was like, no, nah, that's not going to work. And so I went and get big over the ear headphones and I had my little Walkman and I have this picture. I don't even know if it exists anymore. I'm praying it doesn't. <laughs> um, but I was really into um, Cool Hand Luke. And it was, a, it was a band, and I was really into them when I was in high school. Went and saw their show, got a T-shirt, but it was too big for me. Like, it was a 2X, and I was probably at that time, like, a large. And so I'm wearing this shirt. I've got, like, my Dickies shorts, and so they're kind of, like, down below my knees. And I got my massive headphones on, and I'm holding my Discman, and I'm like, what's up? And it's just, it, I look like such an idiot. But I can tell you what was playing in that Discman when they took the picture. Yeah, it was the Sunny Day Real Estate album. Um, nice. Yeah, the rising so, tide Melina, if you're time. listening, find this picture, no, and we need <laughs> we need to get this out in circulation. I feel like I may not even be at his house, or probably be at his. Listen, my mom house. just found my baby book like not too long ago, so I'm pretty sure that picture oh. doesn't exist. <laughs> She'll probably find it then. No, not in their house. So, oh. Sorry, mom. I love you, but mm. anyway. Well, while we're talking just about random music, other than worship music, what do you listen to, Nathan? Oh my gosh. Uh, literally anything like backstreet boys i'm not gonna say no (laughs) like i said i literally listen to everything like um now honestly like being quite honest whenever like i get in the car like i just leave it sadly like no offense i love people in christian music in general but i just leave it on kswp and so um, i was really hoping you were gonna say country no 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 no. the only (laughs) person i've ever like gotten to the like i know who just drove the vehicle recently if there's country music on and that's Amanda not because she likes country music it's just like her background noise that she has or punk rock for her Sweet. and so or emo music and she's so, my favorite of you too well she only started listening to it recently because of me <laughs> oh so you listened to a lot of emo I did whenever I was like doing lots of stuff whenever we were in COVID and like when it first started hitting and I was doing lots of like homework and stuff and we were all just staying at home like, I wanted to have something in the background that, to be quite honest, I didn't really know the lyrics fully because I can't listen to music when I study because I start singing along if I know the words. 
I'll start just like jamming out and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just, I can't do that. Like some people are able to do that. I cannot. If I'm going to have music playing in the background, I can't even listen to instrumental music because if it's instrumental and if I know the tune, I'll even start like singing along, doing a harmony whatsoever, just doing random stupid nice. stuff. And so like I have to literally put music on that I like to listen to that I do not know the words or very familiar with the, with the, very familiar with the melody. And then I can have it play in the background. And the closest thing I can think of was my uh, emo music, punk music uh, playlist on Spotify. And so I just so played that in the background. Name your favorite emo band. Oh, gosh. <sighs> I don't have like a favorite band because, like I said, I just kind of listen to like, the playlist and then also the station, which just plays random like artists and stuff. Like, oh, my God. So they're probably, so it's, like, it's, I don't really have, I, I don't have a favorite. Mm, I'm sorry. We can fix that. <laughs> oh gosh! I think, I think we can we can zero you in on a. Oh favorite. my gosh! No, um, mine's the Appleseed cast. Okay. Yeah, and they're going to be playing in Houston in March. And I have no clue who they that. are. I probably have heard a song by them, but I have no clue who they are. If they're on Spotify, it's what it is. They're on Spotify. Oh, okay, they're super good because I have Spotify stations, and it just literally plays. So that's a good point too, because Travis refuses to use Spotify. He's an Apple Music guy. Yeah. I have access to both, but I like Spotify better. Yeah, I have access to both just because the youth room used Spotify, but yeah. I like Apple Why Music. Why do you prefer Apple Music? Because it has... Maybe it's just because it's what I started with, uh, and I like, was sense. familiar with it. But I also, like, I don't use stations like what you're talking about. Like, I very specifically will, like, go to the artists that I like, and sometimes, like, they have, like, a, a similar music thing at the bottom, and so, like, I'll search like for new music that way but yeah. i don't just listen to like radio stations no offense to apple because of course i have so much apple around me it's not even funny like pods pen app pad and everything like that but when it comes to apple music it's severely outpaced by um, spotify I w- because spotify you can do so much more than apple music now they, they get that lyrics option which is kind of fun on spotify. well they have lyrics yeah. option they play videos in the background whenever you're also listening to some stuff on there they have stations literally for every song that you listen to. Like you can literally scroll down to that song and it'll create a radio station for that song. You can do that on Apple Music. And like, well, I've seen the stations. They're super lame and like <laughs> so crappy. Like they just, they're just not good. So I think so. you talked about being all Apple product. I think what we need to do is pitch an idea to Apple like like an Apple like you've got pods for your ears and pins for your hands and watches for your wrists and pads for your, you know, it's so good, isn't it? No, no, no. I was reacting to what you said. Oh. The coffee's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there we yeah. Go. I thought you were talking about the coffee. <laughs> I got this kind of look of like, wow. Anyway, <laughs> no, it's but great. You get, but, I was you like, to but now it needs to be like a person pod. So like it's like a big chair you sit in and like like off Men in Black and then it closes you up in the chair. And Doesn't then, Google have something like that? I don't know. But they have like, you, like now they do have those, but they're actually for that, gamers. Like uh, they're actually like pods. Like my brother showed me because he's a big gamer, goes to Full Sail University and whatnot. And like literally, like you sit in, and it has it looks like a pod on the on the base of it, and then on the top there's like a big head thing, and like it can kind of lower, so you can actually have like the screen in front. It's it can be used for VR, and it can also be used just for like regular like gaming PC yeah, and like consoles see, and stuff. It's, I'm, I'm thinking of it for like the VR world because imagine like getting into this massive like egg, like you're hatching every day, oh but gosh. the inside is all like LED like flex led and then it just shows whatever image if you want to be in central park you can just be in your pod in central park on all your other apple products oh my well i mean 
That's what VR is for. It's what the metaverse is going to become. Yeah. And then, you know, I mean, if you can make it big enough for people to sleep in, they don't ever have to go outside anymore. It's like Matrix. There was a, a movie about that. Like people were Matrix. like, no, no, no. It was after that. Um, again, dating yourself, Charles. Um, <laughs> Everyone likes Remember Ready Player One? Yeah, no, no, no. I love the Matrix. I mean, Ready Player One? I've never seen that one. It's actually pretty good. It's really, really good. And like it literally deals with like, it, I wouldn't say it's post-apocalyptic because there's nothing apocalyptic that's happened. It's just like the world has become so overpopulated. Like there's even like in that there's RV parks where RVs are actually stacked up on top of each other, like almost like skyscrapers. Like that's it's cool. crazy. But like, um, what's it called? And everyone, literally everyone from the rich to the poor goes in, into virtual reality. Like everyone's <laughs> in virtual reality. Like everyone has their own VR headset, has their own VR uh, like toggles and everything like that. And it's just a great movie overall. And it just, it shows you, honestly, in my opinion, it shows you what might be happening next 20, 30 years if, hmm. if Google or Apple or whoever actually put, try to, tries to actually put a VR headset in every family. I don't know. I mean, because imagine Back to the Future when it was created. And then by this time, we're supposed to have flying cars and we couldn't get that accomplished. Yeah, but VR technically is already there. And so. Well, technically. And so it's, and it's already happening and like it's really crazy so i tried to use google cardboard the other day with the thing that henry got and that's like the little you know google's cheap you put your phone in there and it's supposed to create vr which it's really neat i got so sick like i was <laughs> trying to look at like there's a thing of the eiffel tower so i'm like looking around I'm like this is so cool and i look up and i'm like what i'm like i'm gonna get no i'm gonna throw up all over the place. was it ready player one or was the movie you were looking I, at? I was trying to find it i don't i don't know what i'm I'm pretty about sure. Apparently, I thought it was Bruce Willis, but like literally, and I saw this in high school. So if there's any inappropriate things that I don't remember, I apologize. But like literally, like you'd get in a pod. Oh, I know. And it was like Bruce virtual Willis. reality. I know what you're talking about. It's called surrogates. Okay. Yeah. Basically, what happened is like <laughs> I was like got I, this wealth of movie knowledge. <laughs> I love sci-fi movies. Sci-fi movies, stuff that are like like rap music. Like that we're just talking about movies. And so like it's just it's kind of crazy. Like uh yeah, surrogates is that movie where like basically. Every it was meant to be just like if you were sick and couldn't leave home, you yeah. could sit and lay down in this pod. But and then like, people were like afraid to get in the real world. And so like what injured. happened was like it would cover your eyes, and then like people would then have like a robot that would come to life. But the thing was though is people thought, oh, like the robot was like an exact replication of you. But then people were starting to like use who didn't who could leave their home, and like a guy could have a female robot that would go around as a surrogate for him and it was just like crazy and maybe this like, was weirder than i remembered yeah it, it, it is weird but the thing was like there's like in the movie there's like a virus like something that creates like with like a weapon that whenever it destroys the robot it actually killed the person who was using that robot inside at their home you remember this way better than i did it's I'm like sorry this is like, like this movies. is like coronavirus 2.0 is what i think it's it coronavirus yeah. once the metaverse is and once the metaverse exists yeah. Yeah. Meta. But that that's the one with Bruce Willis though. And so uh, it's called Surrogates. It's a good movie. Do you know the Matrix was actually written by like philosophy professors? No, I didn't know that. That's yeah. pretty cool. That sounds I mean, about right. We literally watched part of it in my intro to philosophy class. The part oh. where he's like, What is real? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yep. That's what we're here to talk about. <laughs> well, movies aside, so music, we've talked a little bit about your music mm -hmm. selection and I guess you're you're kind of all over the place. It then. really is everywhere. Like I said, there's musicals I listen to, Christian music, country music, rock, punk rock, because um, they are separate. They're not the same. Um, Gangster rap? No. Oh. Do you I like classic rock? 
Yeah, I do like some classic rock. That's, like because, that's because of my dad. Like, um, what was I talking about? <laughs> I don't classic know rock artist. Yeah, classic, classic rock artist. I don't know actual names, but I just know songs like because um, my dad would always play them whenever he was working out in the garage. Like was like "Eye of the Tiger" mm, and stuff so like good. that, and so just just basic, simple stuff like that. And then the only reason why I know is it Striper. Yeah, yeah the Christian hair metal band. Yeah, the only reason why I yes. know them was because of uh, that organization that I was a part of in 2014, because that was apparently like a really big thing to play, just with the guys. And we tried to play it at one of the camps one time, and the guys got in trouble. So we weren't allowed to play. My old youth wow. pastor took uh, me and like three other guys who liked old classic rock to a Striper concert when they did like a reunion tour, and they're all like in their 50s, still wearing leather pants and. Like it's like throwing yellow, Bibles into the crowd. It's like yellow and black. Throwing wasn't Bibles it? in the crowd. Uh huh. Yeah, because <laughs> they were. I remember. So I remember. Uh, <laughs> Those guys could shred. There was a local music store back home in Batesville, and dude had like this four by six poster of Striper, like in the music store, and he sold like high end Martins, and I mean it was just one. His name was Lou. You would walk in, and there'd be like an old like '60s Fender amp just sitting on the floor in pieces over here, and I'm like Lou. What are you going to do with that? He's like, I don't know. Well, give it to me. No, I'll figure it out. So, it was just fun. Lou was a but striper. Yep. Oh, yeah. The yellow and they black. Did the, they did the song To Hell With The Devil, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, that, that was, was a song most... that we tried to play at a camp where there was preteens and we got in trouble. Could we do that as a special on a Sunday morning here? No. Okay. That would be epic. I don't want to get fired. We could probably pull it off. No. I bet there's a multi-track out there for it. Mm, there actually is not. So talk to me about then, because you've been doing worship ministry here for three, well, I want to count your interim period because that counts. If it was interim, then it'll be four years this week. Four years, yeah, because it was three years, because you were here about a year, yeah, and then we hired you on full time, yeah, and your birthday is actually Wednesday. Sadly. Nice, I forgot about that. Uh, And then we hired you on in February, about three years. It was literally around my birthday. (laughs) <laughs> and so they all go around the, the same time talk about progression of worship music from because you were at first baptist here in town as an interim no for, part-time you were part-time associate weren't you it was interim it was interim and part-time it was the same thing so you did that and then you were also a camp worship leader i think for clear is that right i wasn't for, a leader i was just part of the band part of the band yeah. so progression of worship music from let's say teenage youth years up oh, through wow. college into like where have you seen it kind of oh wow that's a loaded question isn't it fun welcome mm, so glad you're no um i would say the way it's progressed is that it's gotten okay i'm gonna first say this and then i'm gonna have to explain a lot of it's very similar and the same but at the same time it's not like when i mean it's the same like um, instrumentation wise it's kind of like the same like it's because it's kind of hard because that's my only down that's the only downfall with sadly with contemporary worship music is that a lot of the artists just like to use the same four or five chords maybe uh well mostly four and then they'll maybe throw in a fifth different chord which is like a minor chord if they're feeling fun and everything um <clears throat> And so, no offense to all the music artists out there, because um, they're still writing great, great music. But at the same time, like it's just, it can be kind of one-dimensional. That's why I love it whenever I find a song um, that's really great, and then it throws in like lots of other borrowed chords and sevenths in there. I think it's finally something different. But I would say, when it comes to high school, going all the way into like where it is now, 
it's gonna sound funny. I feel like it's trying to get r- way too chill. Okay. Um, I could see that. And what I mean like that, like way too ambient. Yes. And I don't necessarily like that because they're trying to set a mood and a tone when, in my personal opinion, we don't need to be setting a mood and a tone because that's what the Holy Spirit is there for. Like he's already doing what he's going to do. And so it's like, why do we have to set in a mood and a tone with the music whenever God's already gotten to do that? All we simply have to do is just simply just lift them up in praise and worship and adoration, and that's all our job is to do. And so, can I, it, it, can I ask a question there? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, we were talking earlier about how like we all like various genres mm-hmm. and stuff, and I guess the way I've thought about it is like, um, not necessarily that I disagree with like the ambient or like trying to push a tone, mm-hmm. but it's like whatever style of worship music mm-hmm. you pick, like it's it's setting a tone. Like it is to, true. To some it is degree. setting a tone, so, and the, and, it, and it's a very fine line because you don't want to let um, emotion get too much involved and everything like that. Yeah, stuff. you don't want it to be like manipulative. But like <clears> I remember, <throat> that's what I'm mostly talking about when I mean like ambient, where they try to use the ambience to actually or ambiance, if you want to say it like that, ambiance, ambiance, whatever. Um, um, we but like we. when we were in college. Yeah. Um, there was kind of this trend, like it was like when Mumford and Sons was blowing up, and then it was like all folk, all yeah. There's like a lot more like banjo and mandolin, and like yeah. there was some of that thrown into worship, which I liked, but it was definitely an influence from the culture. And I feel like before that, it was like the delayed guitar effect that was trying to sound like you. That kind of stuff I don't like, necessarily mind because that's more like instrument instrumentation. Instrumentation I don't mind. Like, but I guess my point is, like, doesn't that also set some sort of mood or it tone? It does set some sort of mood, but I I personally put those in two separate categories. I believe there's difference in instrumentation, and I do there's difference in in the ambience that you set. And like, what I mean, like the ambience, like the soup, like, and I know we do this at our church, and like it's nothing bad. Like I don't mind it at all whatsoever. Like it's just, but sometimes it can go too far. Like we went to this church uh, two weeks ago, whenever we were doing the VBS conference, they had like it was super dark in there. Just the stage was the only thing that was lit up, but like even darker than what we have it on Sunday morning, and also. They had smoke machines that were going and like all these lights that were everywhere and stuff like that. And it was, it was great, but it was just like, I felt like I was like at a concert and, yeah, and I know we're and production it was, heavy. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it, like, it, like it was, and I know we were at a conference and stuff like that, but I felt like we were at a concert and it was just like, I feel like they were really trying to push for like a mood in an ambient with the, in the, in the ambience they were trying to like set forward. And so I believe that that's separate though, personally from instrumentation. I believe you can use it. Yes, instrumentation can set a tone, but I believe it's still two separate categories because honestly, music is music. Music is going to be emotional in general because why it stirs, um, it's kind of like, it's, I'm taking from lyrics, stirring the slumbering chords. And so um, I'm trying to remember what hymn that's from. I can't, sorry. Um, uh, and You've so, beat me uh, already. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, no idea. And uh, um, oh my gosh, literally it's stuck in my head. It's okay. Um <laughs> And so what it is, like I said, like they both set the tone, but I feel like with what they're trying to do now, whenever I'm looking at the progression of music, like what Charles is asking me, like from high school to where it is now, I feel like they're relying too much on the ambience before, like with the production, with too much of those like drone pads where like you have the open fifths and everything like that. Mm -hmm. I feel like they're relying on that too heavy to set a tone and to be and like stirring some emotion because you have to be careful. A lot of that stuff you can actually see being used in like Eastern style music 
and when they were used and stuff like that for like chants and like very evil stuff and not great stuff. And I'm obviously we're not using it for that purposes in church today, but it's just stuff like that. People don't realize the power of music. Music can set tones internally that you don't really realize. I, because music is a very powerful thing that God created. It, it, it does so much because that you see it with with how they use it with patients and Alzheimer's and with dementia and stuff and whatnot. Like they use it to help stir memories that like they never thought they would person would ever remember. And so it is something about music whenever God created it. It's so powerful, but you have to remember the choir director that was in heaven was mm-hmm. the devil, yeah. Lucifer. And so he uses also that very same music as well to tempt and to also to lure things into a ungodly way and something that's not giving God honor. And so that's where I feel like it's very, very heavy and it's hard with the worship leader and the worship pastor to really deal with that. And so I would say, like I said, I'm not trying to go in too deep. I feel like I'm going on a rant, but like going from like high school to where it is now, I feel like it's gotten too chill. Like there is still some exciting music that's out there. But like I said, when I say too chill, like they're focusing and they're worrying too much on setting the tone with the ambience of like the production and the drones and the pads and everything. They're relying on that too heavily and too much rather on just focusing in my opinion on just the instrumentation just the like the thickness of the meat which is just the music itself um because that alone can do wonders and so well that brings me because i've thought about that a lot too as it relates to worship because that's one of the conversations that you know i think we've had a lot of especially when we renovated our facility we had to deal with a lot of the questions of well are we going to look like this church down the street that does these lights and this smoke and these mirrors. And like, mm-hmm. n- I mean, I don't think so. I mean, that's not really our goal at the end of the day. Yeah. And so that's why, you know, when we were talking, we took an approach, we had the opportunity to really change the dynamic of our, oh, yeah. of our Sunday morning service. But we, all we really wanted to do was just update kind of what we were doing. Not yeah. really, yeah. not really transform it. But what you, what I love what you talk about, how it's gotten from one thing to another and you see it more chill. Do you think that's probably just a carryover of people that have grown up in church in youth groups that have created these like chill, more, you know, type atmospheres. And we feel like we have to carry that trend over now to big church so that we can keep people interested or familiar with what's going on. I mean, I don't know because whenever I was in youth, this is just me personally when I was there and like I went to different camps and, whenever we did worship and in our youth, like it was like high, like when I mean high, not like that kind of high. Oh my God. But I mean like <laughs> We didn't high. even think that. Well, I'm saying, I'm talking for listeners that are listening, like thinking so that the way they know that. But like when I mean high, like the energy level was very high. And like, of course we still had some reflective songs where it was a little bit more chill and, but we never used any of like the smoke and mirrors and the, and the crazy lights and stuff yeah. like whatnot. Like even whenever we went to the Highland Lakes camp, that's in uh, the Austin area, mm-hmm. I think it's in Spicewood. Yeah. Um, which is a massive, huge facility. Like, oh my gosh, it's, it's, it's a, it's an awesome facility in my opinion. I love it so much. But whenever we went into um, the worship center, which was huge, it's a huge, like you could have concerts there. You could have some, which, which we did with a, uh, a rap group from uh, from what's called from uh, New Zealand called Rapture Ruckus. Oh, um, Rapture Ruckus is so fun. You know Rapture Ruckus? Yeah. Oh, wow. It's kind of yeah. weird. I've never known anyone <laughs> that actually knew who Rapture Ruckus was. I'm not that old. 
It's not about that. It's just <laughs> he wasn't super Charles popular. Every music artist ever. That's not true. That's not true. That's not true. That is not true at all. I don't know who Chris so, Tomlin is. That's a lie. <laughs> now I know that was a lie. That was such a lie. That's a funny transformation to watch. But anyways. It's oh my gosh. Um, but no, I would say um, like it was the energy was super high and like even in there. They had some lighting, but they didn't have to worry about using like smoke and drones. Like they just let the guitarist just kind of go back and forth between a one and four chord on his guitar, and like that was enough. Like it was yeah. fine, and like they didn't have to worry about using all this extra. Because like, oh my gosh, like when I go on YouTube and like they're having tutorials for um um for keyboardists and stuff like that with some of these bigger churches trying to help smaller churches. Again, not attacking, just. Just looking in and just um, just seeing about like what's going on in modern contemporary worship, like they're showing him like how he has like this um, device that's hooked up here that has a delay in this and everything that goes connected to his computer that's using Ableton that's going through this other device just to create this one kind of like pad and sound mm-hmm. to start off the first five minutes of worship. And I'm just like, why? <laughs> I, li- I literally just look at the video and I'm just like, why? What's well, the purpose? And even if it sounds really good, it's like no one who comes to the church like realizes i know how difficult all that is yeah how much that cost like they're just gonna come say oh that sound nice that sound nice why, why is that person country <laughs> <laughs> well we're in east texas so it's true there's an accent that gets a little bit thicker the closer you get to the pines yeah yeah but, we're in east texas but, so. but that so you talked about keyboard I mean, I know that that's kind of the instrument you gravitate towards. Normally, mm-hmm. right now on Sundays, you're playing bass. anywhere from keys or bass. Or no, I'm strictly playing bass right now. <laughs> but I mean, when our pianist is out, Caden, oh, yeah, you'll jump in the piano, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and you've you've jumped in on the Nord before, just mm-hmm. kind of doing some some simple stuff over. Like, why was it just your degree in choral from SFA that kind of drew you towards keys, or was it something that you kind of coincided with while you were studying here at SFA, or what? No, I've always wanted to play piano. And so, like, um, probably seventh grade, sixth grade, I wanted to play really bad and begged my parents to get me a keyboard or something and whatnot. And we grew up poor. We didn't have that much money. And so, but um, what's it called? We went to cons, and I guess it was like a Christmas present. And my dad actually went out the way to actually get me this little small it was bigger than novation that we have novation of course that little um was it 32 MIDI, key midi board yeah it's, the 28 key i think the novation is like a 44 44 i think so it's small it's not really i think big. it's not 44 i think it's 32 because it's tiny oh, okay and this is 44 i don't know you would know more than me on it but i don't know but uh, and so anyway it's small but like it was probably around that size and it was like super super tiny and like of course at that time I didn't know like oh there's keys that are weighted there's blah blah this and so I was like I just thought awesome I have a keyboard and like <laughs> but like the only way I was learning music was actually because it had like built-in songs already in there and on the small screen that it had um, that was where it would actually show you what keys to push and like I was like thinking I was all awesome and cool because I was like oh I'm learning how to play Far Elise and everything like that and I was like and so I was like this is so cool and I was like uh you're not even reading music and I'm like oh so I'm not (laughs) doing anything I'm just basically learning patterns that's all I was doing um so it started there of course been in choir and doing vocal stuff ever since I was in well out of the womb um but But like doing doing choir ever since kindergarten because being in a private school like they made music mandatory and whatnot and so that 
combined with piano wanting to do it and then uh i was fortunate enough uh <laughs> this kind of sounds funny i was fortunate enough to be in a poor district <laughs> okay because they offered they they always offer more stuff at poor districts because they know that those a lot of the students don't have are not going to get the opportunities like other districts that are uh, more fortunate and so they actually offered a piano class at the high school that i was and so i took that from awesome. my nice. uh sophomore year to my senior year and that's where I really uh, dove in and like learned about like reading music even a lot more, and reading music especially when it, in regard to learning how to play the piano and everything. And so, it just kind of took off from there. It started with a little bitty small keyboard where I wasn't even reading music. I was just, uh, not even by ears. I was looking at a little bitty screen that told me which keys to push to where. Um, it is mandatory. You do have to take piano whenever you do uh, a bachelor's in music, whether it's sound recording technology, instrumental major, vocal major, you have to take, unless you test out of it, you have to take two years of piano. And so that's awesome. So I had to take those two years, 2012 and all the way to I think 2014. Yeah. 2014, I think in 2015. And so, and I was going to extend it past that and still take more piano and take like upper class stuff. But things just got super, super hard vocally um, after 2014, 2015. So I'm like, I couldn't, take it and so i'm about to say because you were so when i met you you're coming down from border and uh coming I mean, up from the border from the border and you were at that point you had already qualified and finished your all-state choral right so you had qualified for all-state choir at that point oh that was like uh yeah um what's it called um yeah uh every state well i think every state has it has like a um uh, music association ours is the texas music educators association mm-hmm. and um every year they have like a uh, there's a big conference and like at the conference they have um i believe it's one two three three choirs mm-hmm. and like they start all the way up in even the summer uh the summer before that conference and they'll just send out music to all the school districts that have choir programs and <laughs> They basically have all their students go through this trial period of like, uh, of like just learning these super hard songs. And yeah, I didn't make it my freshman year, sophomore year, but I made the all state men's choir my junior year, and then the mixed choir, which is the upper choir, in my senior year. So it's awesome. But, um, but yeah, so <coughs> drink my coffee down the wrong pipe. Yeah, I told Olivia one day she was coughing and she goes. Oh, I'm coughing. It's like, well, what happens? Like, I drink some water, and it's like, you're coughing because you drink water. She goes, I don't know. It's kind of stuck. It's like, oh, you put it down the wrong pipe. She goes, I have pipes. <laughs> this is kind of funny. <laughs> That's what I think about so every time I cough because of drinking. I think I have pipes. Oh gosh. Um. So all state choir, and then you majored in choral directing yeah. or just choral music. It was technically like you're a, <laughs> the way the majors work is like you do if you do voice. You go through two directions. You either choose to be performance major, okay, or you do music education. Music education means you can do anywhere from pre-K, kindergarten, even music therapy. Believe it or not, excuse me, and then all the way up to um, yeah, high school uh, choral conducting with the choirs and stuff. So That's it's cool. it's a whole different things you can do with music. So did you go the education route? Yeah, I did the education round because I was like, uh, I'm not good enough to perform and I didn't want to go perform. And so, 
And now you're doing your master's. I know you started it at Midwestern. Now you're at Swibbits or yes. Southwestern in yes. Fort Worth. So mine right now is called technically Masters of Arts in Worship. That's what it is. Look at you. Yes. That I always like Southwestern. I mean, when I was there, it was fun. I mean, there, uh, politics aside, I was being there because it was definitely a very hostile environment at times. But mm-hmm. I enjoyed Southwestern. Of course, we he was at Midwestern, and then I did my online at Midwestern. So. We've got several alums, so if you happen to be an alum and you're hearing this and you want to sponsor us. Midwestern was great, but they just didn't <laughs> offer stuff that I really wanted to do to help me advance. Well, especially so. in the online format, because yeah. it for what you're doing, being able to go up there at times, I mean, a three-hour drive versus a nine-hour drive. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah easily. Makes like sense. Well, Not even that. It's just not attacking. I love Midwestern. But Midwestern was kind of like, they threw you out there, feed you to the wolves. Like you had to like, <laughs> like, I'm not joking. Like literally, Survive or die. literally that's how it is online. Like you had to like, you followed the syllabus, you followed the notes and everything. But like compared to that already in the four weeks that I'm already in with Swibbits, like Swibbits, like they have, at least with the course I'm taking now, like, um, I've been able to actually see lectures online and do all sorts of stuff like that. And it's just been tremendous. Like it's just been 10 times more of the help than it was whenever um, I was doing stuff at Midwestern. Like yeah. I said, I love Midwestern, but yeah, I love Midwestern too, but I will say they're online can use a little bit of yeah. Midwestern. Help. If you're listening, we love you. <laughs> they're not going to be listening. They're not listening. Just need <laughs> they're, they're not listening. They're, they're <laughs> too so. busy. They're too busy building a new building or like bringing in more students. Which, hey, that Mathena student center is oh, it's amazing. So nice. well, what it's I love, gorgeous. And, and the whole reason I went with like Midwestern online at the time I did was you would look at their fees and they were like, it's just going to cost you this much where you would go to another seminary and look at their fees. And by the time you added up all the fees, I was like this. Yeah. Midwestern was way cheaper. I think they've added some fees since then, but yeah. Uh, well, believe it or not right now, but it's actually cheaper for me to do Swibbits than it is. is. It, really? it is. Well, I remember in high school. So when I was in college, one of the professors I had in college was the youth minister professor slash education head for Midwestern. And for, he left that position at one of the big six seminaries for the SBC, came to little bitty podunk Williams Baptist College, now university, in Walnut Ridge, Arkansas, with 600 kids on campus because he just couldn't handle it anymore. <laughs> He's like, and, and I even asked him, I said, well, what about Midwestern? Like, I thought about going there. You were there. And he goes, no. He's like, I was the department head and they still haven't replaced me. I was like, well, okay. And, uh, but mm. I mean, to see how far they've come from then mm. to now, I've been pretty impressed with, with just how much has, has grown on that campus in just the past, you know, five to 10 years, I would yeah. say. Dr. Allen and Dr. Dusing, so it's the president and provost have done a whole lot for their in-person, but mm-hmm. what we were complaining about with the online stuff, like, um, I started online while I was still here before I moved and it was just like. It was a New Testament survey class. Oh, and a hard class. I love that class. Oh, it was it was fascinating, but there was just so many things like I mean, we had all of these books and it was just like, okay, read, you know, felt like ten thousand pages and then here's like your test. Yeah. Like there wasn't any lecture, that online. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so that, there wasn't any lecture like videos you had like to you read saying. so much. Like you like you had to do so much in eight weeks. It's yeah. like how am I supposed to completely comprehend? Well, and in that class, there was things like the Q document and stuff that I yeah, was not familiar stuff, with. Yeah. And it was yeah. like, I wish I had someone to talk to oh, about totally, this. Oh, totally, without a doubt. So yeah. that's it, why we moved. 
It's yeah. fun. It gives you kind of, it at least gives you a starting point. I always hated reading the articles. Like they would give you those dictionaries that you'd have to read. Oh, yeah. And I'd read these articles. And I'm like, the font. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, font. the font. It's like, it's like this is like six, six and a half <laughs> point font. And I mean, uh, had it not been for and the. It's ex- like four columns per page. Yeah. <laughs> had it not been for the uh, accessibility feature on iPhone where you can like pull up a document. And, and, and I had a friend in college who's like, dude you're doing this all wrong. So he tells me all about this accessibility feature and Siri will just read to you. Oh, I was man. like, okay. Oh, that would have so made would, it so much easier. Yeah, so I would buy the book in print and then I would buy the book digital if I could find it, have Siri read it to me while I'm reading the book and that was really the only way I made it through missiology. That was the only way. Hmm. That book was so hard and those <laughs> tests were hard. Like they would pull out the most obscure facts that you don't really need to know about missions in order to move forward in your ministry. Anyway, it, I, it's more of that idea of retention. We were talking to Olivia about school today, actually, and she was like not wanting to homeschool today. Like she was already like curled up in a ball, just not wanting to do it. I said, listen, it's 740 in the morning. If you were in public school, you would already have been there. And you, what you get to do right now, what you're fussing about right now, you'd be in the principal's office already to start your day. Like you got it good, kid. Like I think you need to chill out. <laughs> so, that was always that's always a Lesser. fun one. She's a super mess, but <laughs> oh. so Nathan. Any other interesting things you want to tell us about yourself? Tell uh, us interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. Yeah. Random oh. facts that average Ran- yeah. church members wouldn't know Think, about you. <laughs> things that people don't know about you. Oh, <laughs> not secret. We could have we could have prepped you for this, I guess. But. <laughs> I did ask yesterday. I was like, prep me. I'm like, do I have like a list or something I need Listen, to know? And we're doing this on the fly. We're not even prepped. So no. it's a. Uh, this is the level of professionalism we are dealing with, ladies and gentlemen. And it sounds even great. Prep ourselves. Sounds so good. Great. <laughs> gosh. Um. Oh my gosh. I. Well, you already said you were like really into sci-fi movies. I didn't yeah. know that. That's true. Like, I love sci-fi. I love board games. Board, uh, yeah, you've fun. got a huge strategy. board game collection. Yeah, I love strategy board games. Like, I love Risk. I love Monopoly. To, I love Can. We need to have you do that, like here, just people, because there's got to be a ton of other just people in our church that don't want to play Forty Two all the time. <laughs> we should do like a board game night. <laughs> we should. Oh, we should do like gosh. a like a strategy board ball. game night and just have different ones, and you can pick and do. Just as long as I don't play Catan with Travis, then we're all good. Are you, did you get violent with Catan? No, because he never lets anyone else win. I'm not I'm saying a let, but he's literally a so beast he's of Catan. Already, he's like already mapped out his strategy he, before I'm not the joking, game is he even does. like in. He literally does. He <laughs> no, literally as has soon as the board is set, I'm already like already plan A, plan B, plan C, depending on when does. I get to do my first place. See, I'm different. I'm like, how much does it take to buy wood again? I need to buy the wood. <laughs> How much is the wood? Yeah, unless like you're Felicia, you can't. Uh, that's Travis's wife. Like, unless you're Felicia, then like, no, you can't play. The only was, person who beats me consistently. So yeah, I was not. Now, I honestly, I would pay to actually watch just see you and Felicia. We play actually Catan. had to stop playing Catan for a while because Why? I'd get so mad when she beat me. No, I'll, <laughs> because can I so, come over and see y'all play. Yes. Or like y'all need to yeah. come over to our house. That way we can <laughs> just <so> watch. <laughs> I want me. all four. I want I want me and Amanda and you and Felicia to all play. Of course, me and Amanda not even really care. We're just there to spectate. Like we'll just basically just try to feed. Like we'll probably pick our favorites. I'll probably go with Felicia. She'll go with you. Amanda will go with you. And like just see you two just battle it out just to see who's going to win. So like, for I people would... that don't know, Catan is a strategy game. Yes. It's like <clears> this <throat> fictional island and you're like competing for resources and for stuff. Sure. And then right. you're trying to build up settlements. And I've been playing this game for at least 10 years. 
Yeah. And when my friends would play it in college, like we played so much that I got pretty good at it. <laughs> Sorry. Ow. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so I got really good at this game and won basically every time. Like my friends kind of stopped playing because I'd yep. frequently win. And then I introduced it to Felicia when we started dating and she beats me like every single time. Having like no experience, never played it. I'm not saying this not about a strategy you game when I kind make of this statement. You are very smart. I'm just saying Felicia is really, really smart. She is. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm not very, saying I'm, I'm not saying that. you're dumb. I'm just saying that she like like I, like it blows my mind. Like whenever you tell me that she beats you consistently, because I will say you're very like. See, I can't I can't do strategy games. I've tried huh. my best. Seriously. I, my brain just doesn't l- allow me to focus in the way that it needs to to really accomplish strategy games. Like as soon as the board's set, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And then I'm thinking about other stuff. Like the game is going on, and I'm like, what am I going to do tomorrow? What if I? What if I built like? So my brain is wired to where I, I just don't care that much. Like I've got my brain into. That's why when people see me at church, I mean, you're referring to having ADHD, right? Right. So when when people see me at church and they're like, Charles, I need you to do blah 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 blah, and I'm like, uh huh. Like they're talking, but I'm already thinking about something else. Mm-hmm. Like I appreciate, I appreciate that. Like, so how do you they, focus on anything then? Like, are you, you t- it's tuned a, into the podcast? You have to, like, like, yeah. Are you thinking about something else while Nathan and well, I are talking? Like, well, I've already thought about like, hmm, should I make another pot of coffee? Should I not? Should I, um, like thinking about Catan? I've been thinking about the whole like game while y'all been talking about it. Like, oh yeah, I remember when we used to play when I was in college and blah blah blah. And then oh yeah, my friend Tim played and then oh yeah, Tim was really good. And so it's like, <laughs> so I'm rabbit trailing in my brain. I'm still catching what's going on, but my brain is on a rabbit trail. Nice. And and that's the same thing on Sunday morning. It's even worse when I'm preaching. Like when I'm preaching on a Sunday, like I'm I'm focused in and I've got my my kind of roadmap of where I'm going. But reality, I'm like. I don't know what I'm about to say at this point because it could just be random. Because you just, ever, it's my brain's just moving. When you were doing Midwestern online, do you ever go up there? No. Okay, so if you ever go up there and tour the Spurgeon Library, so Midwestern has. Oh, that library is gorgeous. It's got like I love that. Library. I don't remember how many thousands of works that were owned by Spurgeon. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Spurgeon, if you don't know, was a preacher in the late 1800s. I have a bobblehead on my. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah bobblehead. Yeah. Anyway. Very, very famous Baptist preacher in England. And um, they said that he said at some point, I should know the story better, but um, <laughs> whenever he was preaching, he'd have six to eight thoughts in his head at any given moment. Yeah, I remember mm-hmm. And then he'd like, you know, pick which way he wanted yeah. to go. Yeah. And pretty sure I, he probably had ADHD as well. I was like, you, you'd have to. Like, yeah. I might can have two to three thoughts in yeah. my head at any given point, And it's like, okay, which way do I want to take this? Yeah. But having you know double or tripled that amount of thoughts in my head at say, one time like i don't understand how that's i would possible. say i have similar to issue like what charles does but i think the only thing i'm able to do not well i don't not well at all because it's terrible because like as y'all saw earlier like i lost my train of thought because i i have like i feel like what's like a hundred billion things that are going on constantly in my brain and stuff and like that's why like i forget so many things because i'm literally like my brain is yes following so many rabbit trails. I always forget. And so, like, I'm always forgetting what I'm doing, something currently, or what I'm supposed to be looking for. I lose things a lot and everything. But I know sometimes, though, what I'm able to do is, like, like I said, it's it's so hard. I try to ignore the other stuff that's going on and just focus on the one thing. And even whenever I try to do that, that's, like, using so much energy. And then I'm, like, 
uh, it's nap time. <laughs> I need to go like like my because my brain is just like it's just it's just fried. And I'm like, like when I get into a project, not a problem. Like I can I can get into a project and go sweet. Like I I, I will stay immersed in that all day long, you know. And, and I'll I'll run myself to the end of the earth making that project happen. But like music, so playing on Sundays, I love doing that. I love, but for my brain, it is hard to follow that next transition and that next progression. And you know, at, at a point muscle memory kicks in But when all these guys are like, Oh yeah, just play this lead. I'm like, I, I want to do my best. But reality is like yeah. my hand and my brain are going to want to do what they want. So that's why I've never, like I've always wanted to sit down and write an album and, and even it's just like four or five songs and just write something. But every time I sit down to play it's something. It's more of like an EP if you're only going to do four or five songs. Yeah, 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 it's an EP. But every time I sit down to write something, I'm like, this is stupid. <laughs> and then I go, this isn't going to work. Yeah. And, I'm, and, and then your brain just kind of keeps running off. Well, that's the next why people thing. ask me all the time, like, oh, do you write stuff? I'm like, no. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I write, write stuff because I write my, my name and that's it. I suck at it. <laughs> it's only yeah. because of the fact that like I try writing something and I'm like, this sounds stupid. And then I get, I'm not, I'm not even gonna lie. I think of my stuff. I'm like, this sounds dumb. This sounds stupid. And I get bored and I move on to something else. Yeah. You get bored and you're just like, okay, I'm on to the next thing. But here, I have this personal theory and this is just like, of course, it's probably not backed up at all whatsoever. And, this is not towards you because you said you don't struggle with this. I think musicians that are, how do I say this without being offensive? You just said you weren't a musician. <laughs> I'm I not. Did, uh, like I said, this is not trying to be offensive at all. But I think musicians, in my opinion, that are like really, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I'm not going to control it. Musicians that are exceptionally well uh-huh. and that are a little bit further out there, in my opinion, like, greater even though they say they're terrible and are, and are bad in my opinion have to have some form of adhd because why there's so much stuff that's going on like especially like whenever like i was talking with uh my choir uh the choir here the celebration choir here at uh at calvary um <clears throat> i was talking to some of the members i'm like this is the one time i'm glad that i actually feel like i'm i i don't mind if my brain is going everywhere and all the time because when i was looking at my open score I have like trying to think about like fifteen, like close to fifteen to eighteen different instrumentations that like I am reading and following along while conducting the orchestra and during a Christmas concert, conducting the orchestra and conducting the choir at the same time. Yeah. Like I was making sure okay the oboe came in there. I had to make sure the violins came in here. I had to make sure the French horns were doing their part here. I had to make sure the tenors and basses. And like, especially there's one part where there's polyphony, polyphony, real quick thing is whenever you have multiple phrases that are going on at the same time, but yet they're all not unison. So like you have like one part that's going like row, row, row your boat. And then like in the middle, you have another one that's like saying boat while the other one's doing the first part. That's what polyphony is, simple terms. And so, um, and so it's just, that's what so it is. So it's around. Yeah, basically <laughs> like around, that's round is the layman's term for polyphony. Um, and so, um, but You're welcome. Yeah, there you go. And so, like, there's this part in one of the songs that we did where, like, literally, like, the sopranos come in on one entrance and then, like, they're singing their own uh, melodic line. And then the basses come in doing their own melodic line. The tenors come in doing their own. And then you have this that's going on. And then while that's going on, I have the, all the orchestra that's also playing all the stuff at the bottom. And, like, I had already prepped the choir. And I was like, okay, I am going to give each one of you your cues. And while giving you your cue, I'm also going to conduct with my baton certain areas where, like, I know you need extra help. And, like, even though, like, I was, like, scared in the moment, it was actually kind of easy because 
I think like my brain was just constantly like going everywhere constantly. Like it was like literally gotta watch out for that. Gotta watch out for that. Like that's how like my brain was like. And so I was like, it was kind of okay. Like I was kind of like calm. Like, yeah, I've always found it interesting when people are like, when, when they, when you have ADHD, especially like as an adult, when I was a kid, it was different. Like they, yeah. they, they drug you up from like kindergarten up through until, but like I've weaned myself off my medicine. Yeah. When I was in ninth grade. My parents were like, well, if you keep making good grades, we'll go for it. I was like, okay, sweet. Um, but you kind of learn to just adapt. But if it wasn't for like, like I have to write down a lot of times tasks and things. Oh, I do too. So, I have to make a to-do like, list. Yeah. If I don't write it down, there's a good chance something's going to get missed. And yeah. if you, like if you tell me something in the moment. And if I don't write it down. Yeah, and I don't write it down. There's a 99% chance I'm not going to get it done because yeah. it's in the moment. Yeah. Uh, if I don't go take care of that right then, exactly. I'm going to forget about it. I think that's probably why I struggled so much. Like I like almost failed like twice whenever I was like younger in like high school and, and, and middle school because like I was not able to ever focus at all. And like, oh, yeah. and, like my parents, like they were just like, it's back then it was that whole, well, say back then like if i'm like 40 or 50 not you, saying yeah. that's old You're all 50. i'm saying uh no according to other people at church i'm 40 <laughs> sorry hey ride that boat man and so um but now respect that way um gosh no <laughs> um tina davis if you're listening i am not 40 there we you're go like 27 right i'm gonna be 28 28 wednesday yeah, Wednesday. Look at that. I mean, um, I also wear cardigans, but you're wearing a cardigan, and that's kind of an old person thing. So I just, it's comfy, and I'm cold. There we go. <laughs> um, like, my parents were just like, give him a whooping or spank him or, like, yeah. take something away. That will get his focus. And I'm like, yeah, I cannot focus. Yeah. I'm like, the teacher's up there <laughs> trying to do this, and in my mind, I'm singing a whole new world. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, and then, like picturing also like an elephant in the background and just like random stuff that's and fantastic. so and so like that's like my brain like it would not stop and then i was also like <laughs> while i was in class i was thinking like oh okay i got choir i got this i got this i got this blah, 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 blah. and so there was just yeah that that's probably why yeah. i struggled so Ske- much schedules are uh, with adhd schedules are just the way to go like if you don't schedule it you're gonna be all over the place but creativity i agree with them i think the creativity aspect is with adhd is yeah like i can i can think of an idea in my head and I can pe- I can put all the pieces together in my head before I ever put anything, put my hands to work. But there's also a negative with that too, because with mine, I whenever I have an idea and everything like that or a thought, my brain immediately creates like a hundred yeah. negative things of like this bad could happen, this could happen, this could happen. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh. Yeah. I'm going to cut this board, but I'm going to lose a finger in the process. And then I'm just like, you know what? Let's just stop the idea. Or even going back to what you were talking about, like writing music, it's never good enough because it's like, well, what if I did this? What if I did that? Like, I have this harmony. And like, I'm not trying to say that all those people that are out there writing music are like, (laughs) it's because I'm funny. I'm not saying that all the music writers out there in the Christian world are lame and like all their music is like dumb because they don't have ADHD. But I think honestly... I think also because what I've noticed too, like whenever you look at like different like songs that are written, like on we use Song Select, uh, that's what most people use. It's but it's a it's a um, a website that's run by CCLI, which is the main um, um, main organization that does copywriting for all the Christian music and whatnot. And um, and so what it is with CCLI, and whenever you go on Song Select online, you'll search song, and then it shows literally everyone that's helped write the song, and like you'll see on almost all contemporary music like i think very few like 
I love you, John Mark. John Mark McMillan is like one of the only ones you'll see just his name. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't know why the dude just like, he's just weird. And so good weird because he's able to like just write his own stuff from top to bottom and like and, and not care. But like everything else though, you'll see like almost five or six different artists contributed to one song. Yeah. And I think that probably has to happen. Like if I was to ever write something, I could probably never, I, I, I know I could not write a song by myself. So you work better in collaboration than solo. But I yes. think most people do. I mean, like that's the reason why up until like mid nineties, early two thousands, like it was bands that were popular. Yeah. Like the Beatles, Led Zeppelin, like whoever, like it was a group of musicians who got together and collaborated. And it wasn't until like, like I said, mid nineties, early two thousands that like single artists started becoming popular. But even then most popular like pop artists don't write their own they don't music. Write, I literally was about to say that. Like it's all out of if Sweden. You want, if you want to get the, what? It's all Swedish. Oh gosh. No, I'm serious. There's a whole <laughs> documentary on it. My land. I don't know what that is. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean either. Um, what's it called? No, my I'll thing is like, you. like literally what you just said, like I was literally about to bring that up was like it. Yes. There's more single artists that are out there now. But I guarantee you, if you were to actually try to calculate it, at least 60 to 70% of it is not even written by the artist. Oh, no. no. It's, it's probably written, more than that. It's like it's like all written by producers. Like Megan Trainer. Like, it's not, not trying to go into secular stuff uh, like crazy, even though we've been talking That's about all it. That's we've been doing. Yeah. Um, like Megan <laughs> Trainer. Like, she is a good solo artist now. But, like, even before she was solo artist, believe it or not, for, like, five years of her life, all she was doing is writing uh, popular songs for other artists. And she was collaborating with like DG Khaled and like all these other people and stuff. And and so she she was not even even doing her own stuff at all. Like she was helping being a collaborative songwriter for all these other people and whatnot. And so, so you're saying we just need to write one good song and then retire off of it. Yeah. That'd be sweet. That honestly That'd be so good. Do do a Carrie Job. Like, my, like write the blessing and then like yeah. my <laughs> wife has told me all the time, she Lena's like, hey, if you could just write one song and sell it, I'd be happy. I'm like, sweet. But yeah, then I sit but down even and write that, one song. I'm like, no, nah, if I can't do this, this is stupid. There's not that much money in music anymore. Like, it's even in the secular anymore. world. Like, it's yeah, not. Even, but I mean. Unless you're Taylor Swift or someone huge. Oh like, you do not make that much money. And even then, a lot of that is owned by somebody else. So even <laughs> your music is owned by the record label or somebody yeah. else purchases the rights to it. Yeah, but honestly, at the same time, if you can make a killer worship song and it gets played a hundred times on Spotify, Apple Music, and it's getting played everywhere, because you have to think about it this way, like for it to be played like at certain churches, and especially if they're going to be putting it online, they're going to have to be paying a licensing fee with CCLI and everything like that. So you are going to get a royalty. Yeah. Yeah, if you're gonna be like a Chris Tomlin and make like our God is greater, our God is stronger, if you do that, yeah, like, yeah, you'll be set. Yeah. The only reason why he's still doing it now, I love you, Chris Tomlin. I just feel like he really loves the flow of money yeah. that's well, coming. That's a, but that's a good point too, because and I know that we're we're kind of getting pressed for time, but I, I started thinking about even this of when it came to worship music. Um, Oh man, I'm losing my train of thought now. This is yeah, not see, fun. it happens. See, it does. ADHD, yeah. you know, like I had this great. I know about exactly. Exactly, what we're talking about like with the the whole. Uh, oh yeah, so songwriting. I'm noticing now more and more and more that churches, even churches nobody's ever heard of, mm-hmm. everyone's trying to write their own music now instead yeah. of just replaying what somebody else has written. And yeah. I'm like, well, then you don't have to what, pay for the rights. Yeah, you don't have to pay for the rights. But even still, I'm sitting there going, I'm like, what are we trying to accomplish in all of it? Like, 
a you million talk about, worship albums. But you talk, yeah, because you talk about hymns that have lasted for how many years? And, and, and then we, so it's like we push all of that music off to the side because we're going to write the next thing that's going to really get people, you know, like jazzed up for Jesus. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, jazzed up for Jesus. But, but I do, I mean, it's it when I was when we, we were coming up album? through youth. Oh no! Like that, when I was coming up through youth, it was like okay, you had Hillsong, like we yeah. had the Hillsong groups, and then all of a sudden it's like oh now there's Bethel. Oh okay, well, then there's Highlands, and then there's this, and then there's Austin Stone, and then there's like oh, you know, twenty million churches all over the world are all writing their own music, and it's all this great. Everybody should play it on Sunday morning. And I'm like, when did I guess I'm just kind of like when did Sunday morning worship become more of a um machine than just worship yeah i mean i think hillsong started it i guess not intentionally i don't think just them i think in my opinion like the that's kind of funny i don't know if it's a, a, a term phrase i feel like the corporate church started it like when i mean the corporate church like the big churches like mega churches that are like big and massive that like it's like it's not just Hillsong. There was other big churches too that were writing their own music and starting off at the same time. Like Hillsong yeah, is just the, on the limelight. They're in the limelight, like on the big stage. But but, but I mean, they're in Australia. They're in England. <clears throat> they're in yeah. France. They're in the U.S. But I mean, I guess I could see I that mean, from they did a, world tours. I guess I could yeah, see that from Jesus a li- culture does that too. I guess I could see that from a licensing standpoint because when we pay for our CCLI license, it's a lot of times based off our attendance size yeah so you, pick, you pick different grades of sizes yeah of if you're getting up to a church of like fifty thousand in membership oh you're gonna you go to ccli and they're like oh F- yeah you're gonna have to pay this much it's a hefty i could fee. write an album for that much oh yeah you know yeah. and then just play all the songs off that album for my church so i guess i get it from that point yeah, yeah so yeah. somewhere in there in the middle of of just general sunday morning bringing people to the throne of god we have commercialized it to a point oh yeah where well, somebody's got to get paid but yeah. what's the deal with hymns like they're so old they're not copyright no. anymore or like certain so, ones certain ones are free to use yeah so, but not what, all of them are free to use like especially like when you have hymns that were written by like written by the gaithers and stuff a lot of that believe it or not still gets flagged online especially because i think it's sony music that owns the right to that and so we'll sometimes get still get flagged which i don't know why we get flagged we pay like for the ccli license to be able to play it online and so when it comes to like gaither stuff as long as we're doing it like congregationally like with a piano and making it our own and whatnot it's okay. But if like, if we're using like a recording with it, like Gaither stuff and like, yeah, like, um, um, like what's the song that we do? Um, I'm trying to think that's Gaither-ish. I can't think of it right now. Like my brain's going blank. Yeah. Um, but stuff like that. But other hymns though, that were like older, um, like believe it or not, even I saw the light, even now I can send them still do it because why Hank Williams. And so, um, yeah. but like other older stuff, like, how great thou art or um, those are public domain now. yeah those are public domain like amazing grace the traditional amazing grace that's public domain and stuff yeah. like that that's why you could print a copy of the king james version bible and nobody could do anything to you yeah though all of those songs are public domain so you're able to go out and actually like do those online and it's completely fine like no one will ever say anything yeah so that's what i've always thought was weird because i mean i like hymns hymns are i, I grew up with hymns i remember you know fifth sunday scenes in my grandparents church with hymns so hymns I like most, I, I like some contemporary, modern contemporary worship, mm-hmm. but reality, and Nathan, I've had this conversation. I know we've had this conversation too. Um, it, a lot of it just seems flat. Like not, it, like the, the depth is not there. It's like you're more drawing people to experience than you are helping them grow in it relationship can. to the Lord. And it's a very, me, it's very me centric too. Yeah. Well, like that goes back to a lot that. of worship is very me centric. 
yeah, that goes back to that uh, conversation we started with, kind of with the ambience and the trying to draw. Yeah, we're kind of going back to the full circle at the beginning of it and everything, yeah. But But that's what I'm talking about, the whole thing with, like, emotion and stuff. Like, it's, um, like, I know I may get, like, flack. I feel like we're going into overtime now, but. um, um, It's a long-form podcast. That's why we do it. It's a what? The long forum podcast. So we, we can go, yeah. So we're going to this is now overtime session with Charles and <laughs> bonus and, session. This is the bonus session. If you're you know, still listening. If you're still listening. <laughs> bonus session round. Um that's why I like the whole thing. Like even like while here, and it's not trying to say like I'm a terrible worship pastor, which I feel like I am sometimes. Um what's it called? Um sorry, self confidence booster. I'm not terrible. Um it's the whole thing of like even like while I'm because I, I still consider myself, like, uh, not, like, yes, duh, I'm young, 28, going to be Wednesday, yes, young. But, like, still young in, like, ministry-wise, like, I'm still learning and I'm still trying to see, like, what's good for the church as a whole and everything. That's why some of the songs, like, you may not see fully get cycled through are not, that we may not be seeing them as much anymore. Because, like, I may be going through, like, a revelation with the Holy Spirit and being like, hey, like, yes, the song was great in the moment. Whenever you did it, it was awesome. And the church really responded well to it and stuff, but really look at it and like, was and, and like, I really feel like it was the Holy Spirit's like saying like, was I fully receiving all the glory and honor whenever y'all were singing it though? And like one of the songs, which was, I know I'll make it flag from some of the worship members, um, the worship team members, but it's okay. I don't mind talking about it is, um, um, father's house and, um, and by uh, Corey Asbury. And it's a great, great song and everything like that. But, whenever you hear the song, it sounds more like it's like very solistically and it's, uh, and like, you kind of just like, it's like, in my opinion, you don't hear God a lot in it and stuff. Like it's, it's, it's almost like a song. Like it's implying it and stuff like that. It's implying that God's in the song and everything. Like, I think I have a, I have a, uh, um, uh, it's called a, an uncle in law and married to the family and he's, he leads worship too. And he was kind of the same like that. If you can substitute your girlfriend's name into the song, then <laughs> it's not probably something it's you should probably get to sing on a Sunday morning. That's fine. Oh. So, well, we are going to have to find a jumping off because I've got people here to meet me. Oh, <laughs> sounds good. So, uh, but oh, I, think that's that's, that. I think this is a topic that we need to look at a little bit more. So we may have another session where we just talk about worship, worship music, yeah. where it's where we kind of feel like it's it's good, and also where we feel like it's missing. And um, it would be fun to bring Brother Paul into that too because he's talked about the transition from like, oh yeah. wow, it's going to be to interesting do like multiple conversation, generations, a good conversation. Yeah, it'd be fun. It'd be really fun. So. Uh, so again, if you've got any other questions about even worship or just for us of how we can uh, answer some questions for you on this, please, by all means, let us know. We want to we want to try to do that as best we can. And uh, other than that, if you've made it through this whole hour, thank you so much. And uh, we would ask that you just have a great week and that you continue to pray for our church, pray for our people as we just grow close to the Lord. So have a great week. guys. Yes.